Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I've Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. So if you have been listening to our Monday minis, uh, we have been talking a lot about happiness and who are the happiest. And of course, we had some interesting articles that we looked through and talked about and dissected. But we had a listener ask us a genuinely great question on Instagram. Hey, Ariana. I hope I said that right. And they were asking about lesbian marriages and how they affect women's happiness and just the whole marriage and happiness correlation, which had us thinking, So yeah. Who are they happier? Let's let's talk about it. So, you know, that we read through that single and childless women were some of the more happier group of people. But uh yeah, let's take a look at who are the happiest, or at least in coupledom, so so that we can figure this out. We can dissect this, right, Annie? And of course, as always with this, you know, we're speaking in generalizations and from what we're able to find. Right. Uh so there's like no one answer. But there right. are some some theories and some right. some data that's been collected. So of course, yes, when we talk about data and statistics, just a reminder, they can be biased. Uh, mm-hmm. It's according to where you get that information and how you look things up. And apparently, according to Google, is according to what you like and what you've searched for. And so it always leans that way. So mm-hmm. uh, just to go ahead and put that caveat. But we found some articles that we did want to talk about and kind of uh, uh, look deeper into what they are saying and, and think of why not? Let's talk about it. So, are lesbian couples happier? Well, in a pinknews.co.uk article, they found that the uh, the marital strain and psychological distress in same-sex and different-sex couples studies shows, quote, uh, found that same-sex spouses generally feel more satisfied in their marriages than heterosexual spouses do. Uh, as in fact, I think this is a 2020 article, just so y'all know, and it's always good to know date because I feel like, especially in the last three years, massive changes have happened. So it can definitely change our perspective of what is happy, what isn't happy. 
as well as the fact when we talk about in 2016 versus 20, you know, 2018 yeah. versus 2020. Yep. Like all those things, those years are very vastly different. So go yes. ahead and put that there. Yes. Whew, that is true. So to get these results, they they worked with 756 uh, U.S. men and women in in their midlife uh, in 378 gay, lesbian, and heterosexual marriages. And they kept these like daily diaries. Um, so it was self-reporting, which is always another thing to take note of. But yeah, self-reporting on stress and how that was related to their marriage, their partner. Women in different sex marriages reported the most stress, uh, and men in different sex marriages and women in same-sex marriages fell in the middle. Uh, So they were about the same, reporting the same levels of stress. Right. We did definitely talk a lot about this when we talked about uh, women in emotional labor during the pandemic and stress, Um, even the great uh, resignation and why women were quitting and what this looked like and the heavy loads that they have had. And this article kind of talks about that same uh, narrative. It says in the article, most of them relate to traditional gender stereotyping, including expectation that women should take on the majority of the housework. So there's definitely that underlying uh, stated gender norm that is heavily laid and put a lot of responsibility onto women in heterosexual uh, relationships and marriages. So I thought that was really interesting. I think, I don't know if, Ariana, you are thinking the same thing, but I, I could see that being a proponent where it's when it's the same gender and the expectations are kind of had to put to the wayside and a lot more conversation has had to have happen. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I remember a few of you listeners have written in about this and I think it's a good point of the outside of our traditional heteronormative, what we've been taught and what we've seen is a very heavy quotes, normal relationship. When you go outside of that, you have to talk about things. Like you have to have the conversations that I think in a lot of hetero couples are sort of taken for granted. But outside of that, you have to talk about it because you might have to make sure you're on the same page and, and often you haven't seen examples perhaps of how this relationship uh, will work. So I, I think there's just a lot more conversations happening. I could be wrong. This is, again, generalizations that we're speaking from. Right, right. There is. And I think it's interesting that, again, when we break it down away from that, because even sitcoms and even uh, shows are starting to show that difference of like, oh, we need to step away from this traditional household because it's not funny anymore. It's now just uh, trite and overly used and it doesn't make sense and and it should change. So you see that changing in in media in itself. And I feel like that reflects a lot upon what is happening in society, obviously. And then when we talk about same-sex couples, the level of communications that have to happen. And, you know, I, I was thinking about this too. Queer ma- marriage wasn't legalized until not too long ago. We know this, and it's still kind of in disarray as we talk about what's happening under state legislations. But that stressor is kind of, for a minute, went away. That level of discrimination, not real-life discrimination, not necessarily neighborhood discrimination, not necessarily biases against uh, a community or biases by a community or whatever, but the federal level of stress of like, oh, we're actually being recognized and being able to get married, that had to alleviate some of that stress as well. So that that level of happiness, I feel like should have had a rise, I would think. Again, this is all conjecture. This is based on my own ideas of like, well, at least one less thing 
was heavily laying on it like, oh, we can't be arrested for being in, in our marriage anymore. Wonderful. That's a new right. stress, like stress reliever, right? Right. And I think uh, it's worth noting here, Samantha and I keep mentioning this mysterious project we're working on. And I think, you know, someday we'll, we'll be able to tell you what it is. <laughs> but for it, I was researching the history of um, gay marriage. And I know that that's a big conversation is, um, you know, no, no group or community is a monolith. And um, some people in the gay community think like marriage is already part of the heteronormative. Like it's already bad or it's got all this stuff that's built into it. Not everybody. Again, not everybody. But like, I think that that's an interesting conversation that's happening as well because it just historically and traditionally has been a kind of a, a real gender disparity in favor of men in our laws. So that's also a conversation that's happening. And we've talked before about... um how in things like uh, the BDSM community or the kink community, they similarly have to have like, I guess there's just no assumption. You have to have these conversations right. about, about these things. And I think that's so good. I think everybody should be doing that. Right. Yeah. And in that same article, in the same study, it talks about the level of miscommunication that was happening mm-hmm. and who was willing to talk and who was willing to uh, work things out. But a lot of that in that this heteronormative idea, especially when it comes to cis uh, heterosexual relationships, that uh, there's this mystery and gameplay that's been kind of a part of it that you're supposed to allow the male to be dominant in a relationship. And therefore, you never question, you never push back. And all of these narratives that were so toxic, and mm-hmm. I'm using that word, don't come at me, but it was, <laughs> and it is, uh, when you can't, when you feel like you can't communicate and have an co- open conversation. And I yep. will say, that was one of my bigger things growing up, that I was willing to accept these norms, but mm-hmm. I made sure to put out, if you're willing to listen to me. Yes, truly listen. Even though I was under this whole uh, understanding with religion and all of these things, like, okay, this is the way it works, but if he is a truly good man, and I'm, yes, I'm putting this all in, like, again, heteronormative uh, ways of speaking, then he's listening and we are compromising. I will let, I'll allow him to, quote, unquote, speak for me, which makes me kind of nauseous to thinking about now, if he hears me mm-hmm. and if we're talking about it behind closed doors. If that's not happening, this is not a fulfilling relationship. And I knew that as, like, I think I said this as a 12-year-old to my father because uh, we were <laughs> uh-huh. talking about... How, what was happening in, in in our church at that point. He's, mm-hmm. He asked me, which was weird because he had more respect for me than, I, I, I can't say, it seemed like he had more respect for me than my own mother at, at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but him coming to like, what do you think? And I said, these are these things. And he was like, okay, do you trust me to say that for you? I'm like, I trust you because we're having a conversation and you said you're listening. He's like, you're right, I will. I was like, then that's a good relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, like coming yeah. down to that wire of like, if it truly worked out that way, then these are the things that would happen and come into play. Right. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because if you can't trust somebody to listen to you, then that you're already starting at an unequal right. part. You're already off to a bad foot in this relationship. Right. <laughs> right. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. 
Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in, for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. study did show mm-hmm. that at least the queer community in marriages may be happier. That's mm-hmm. one. But we also found uh, another article. And in this article, it talks about um, what makes couples happier or the happiest. And it's from Inc.com. So they had this whole list of these are the top characteristics that make for a happy relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had different studies. So it's from Inc.com, Inc.com. Um, and we wanted to read the list. Uh, we're not going to give all, we're not going to give credit to all of them. We're not going to sit and discuss all of them. But I found them interesting. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be something to talk about. Because if you're trying to seek that happy relationship, mm-hmm. maybe these are some of the things. Uh, number one, don't fight over texts. So I thought that was pretty funny because I'm like, oh, that's the only way I like to communicate though. And I feel <laughs> like... That's the best way I can get my point across uh-huh. without breaking down and sounding ridiculous. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because I too feel like I like to think things out. I'll write things down. But you know, you lose so much over text with that. You're like emojis or whatever. Right. The emotion right. <laughs> is lost. So sometimes I'll write because I'm bad about I'll react emotionally. I'll, I'll get defensive. I know this. It's a problem. But if I'm unprepared, so I like to be prepared, I write the thing down and then we can talk about it. But I don't like going into a fight unprepared, which I know sounds ridiculous because a lot of times they just happen. But (laughs) if there's something that you know you need to talk about and there's probably going to be a disagreement, I will write it out. (laughs) I'll write down my thoughts and then I'll go in and we can. (laughs) 
I mean, um, I feel it makes sense. I mean, text can be bad, especially if you're just exploding conversations yes. back and forth, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But like if I'm having like a moment and I'm coming back and this is how I need to tell you, it's going to be like 15 texts that's blocked. <laughs> yeah. Probably should be an email. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had a Which relationship that where we did that. Yep, me too. <laughs> but I feel like hey. it makes me communicate better. But hey, who knows? It says take it to the place where you can actually talk to their faces. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's not always great if you're high emotion, high stress. This is kind of—I feel like that's like, similar to the narrative of like don't go to bed angry. I'm like that doesn't work. If I yeah. feel, I need to calm down, or we're, I'm going to say something I'm going to re- regret. Right. And a lot of times, exhaustion can—it's yeah. not good when you're having yeah. a fight and you're tired. It's going to be worse. <laughs> right. So mm, not always, but okay. That's one. The, number two, and we've talked about this before. Don't have kids. Yeah, that's what it says. By the way, I, I'm not telling you to do this. Yeah, it just this says is, don't have kids. We are just the messenger. Uh, I, I mean, that makes sense to me too. I think that uh, as lovely and and the word this article uses is fulfilling as having children can be, it's stressful. I don't think yeah. like anybody would fight about that. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think that especially in a relationship where there can be these kind of inconsistencies and responsibilities and the money. That's what gets me all the time. The Mm -hmm. cost Mm -hmm. of raising a child and especially in a lot of like the times we're living through now and just so much stress on parents. Like it makes sense to me. Uh, We're not so, yes, again, we're like not (laughs) anti-children. But again, we've talked about the many a times, the different articles who were like, these may be the happiest people. And it may be because it's less responsibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just be real honest. Yeah. There's absolutely. a lot of responsibility and kudos to those parents. Kudos. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. This one's interesting. Uh, have friends who stay married. Hmm. <laughs> I feel like that's that same kind of narrative of, like, your parents, they stay married. Uh, just kind of, like, that level of, like, oh, it can be done. Maybe. Yeah. I thought that too, and then my parents had a real rough period, and I was like, mm. "Right, I would just rather you've been divorced." Right, like there's definitely moments of like that. Like, just y'all would have been happier. We all would have been happier. Yeah, and I just think like I totally get this point, but I think it is very risky just to put your kind of I don't know faith or belief in something into someone else. <laughs> it makes sense to me that you're like because we've talked about that before. Right. You know, we're mostly friends with single people because we're the same parts in our lives, um, but to be like. Well, they're still together, and so that means I can be too. I think that's a risk. I think that's yeah. a risk. <laughs> yes. And also, even the perf- most perfect uh, marriages, you don't realize there's a lot of oh, things happening. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, here's another interesting one. Fight at the beginning, then not a lot. I feel like I've done this. That yeah. means I'm winning, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure looking at relationships in terms of win or loss is definitely the way to go. <laughs> too though because you want to kind of get those prickly fights out at the beginning right um and hopefully that will give you a indication of whether or not you can work together i do think and this is like it's strange to say but there is a skill in fighting without hurting somebody um i think you learn that when you get older because i don't want people to like just go out and be raging and hurting other people but to have like a good healthy fight yeah, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. Nope. That's what I think is interesting because that's what I was talking about, how I, I know if you get me when I'm angry, I'm going to black out and say something really mean. 
because uh, mm-hmm. I am cruel. Like I can be cruel and I mm-hmm. see your weaknesses and I'll come at it. So I need a moment so I don't go below the belt. Like mm-hmm. I've said this many times, I'm like, if you don't leave me alone, I'm yeah. going to say something that's going to be so hurtful and I'm mm-hmm. going to feel bad about it and you're going to feel bad about it and we're never going to be able to forget it. And then it's going to be even more. Yeah. You need to let me calm down so I can push that aside and mm-hmm. be the nicer me. <laughs> yeah. But I also think about like uh, how people talk about marriages Mm-hmm. that the first year can be the roughest. Mm-hmm. And if you can survive that, then you're okay. Essentially, working things out, readjusting, essentially, into yeah. what is now a coupledom and, and being in, hopefully an equal partnership and how that can look at it at the beginning, fairly rough. And if you can get through those and you can actually establish how to communicate, actually establish boundaries, being able to know, uh, this is the moment we need time out, that type of thing. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. possibly. So that makes sense to me because I've, I've heard that all my life. The first year is the roughest. And I'm like, isn't that supposed to be the honeymoon period? But it's actually not. <laughs> nope. And another one are, I guess this is more of a, like a, a legit statistic uh, as opposed to uh, a strategy. So it says mm-hmm. are comprised of one firstborn child and one lastborn child, which I feel like is so specific. Yeah. I, I want to know how they got these numbers. Uh, that is so specific. I have nothing really to say on that because I, I don't know if that could be true. <laughs> I guess I'm like out for the count too as a middle child. <laughs> You're, a middle child. You're just, well, no that good. explains your asexuality. <laughs> <That's, laughs> That's it. I'm just joking. Because <laughs> um, you're the middle child. You can't have anybody, so. That's obviously. Oh, you're not supposed to be with anybody. <laughs> I won't. I'll just always be kind of middling. Uh, never great, I guess. That is interesting. I have some theories why that might be. It's almost like the opposites taking care of each other. Yeah. yeah. Then, where, yeah, where does the middle child come? Who come? Are they, they feel like, I feel like if that's, this is what we're to saying, then the middle child can be with anyone because they are the neutral. Oh, negative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. There's the universal <laughs> lovely one. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll there take you it. go. It probably just means they're boring. And then this one, and I feel like we talked about this at the beginning with the g- uh, gender roles. Know who does what when it comes to housework. Um, I think that's very good in talking about it. But that that might be a little too organized for my scattered brain because I'm like, sometimes I'm in the mood to do this, sometimes I'm not. I am never in the mood to fold laundry. So mm-hmm. if my partner wants to do that, I'm, I will be glad for them to do that. I'll wash yeah. it. I'll bring it back up. You fold mm-hmm. it and put it up. <laughs> I'm the same with dishes. I hate doing dishes. <laughs> I hate Oof. Oof. That, I mean, and we've talked about that before. Uh, and I think we used to joke, uh, Bridget used to joke with me, never move in unless they have a dishwasher. Uh, they, they could definitely put stressors on relationships, these kind of tasks. Uh, I've only had one, again, for the first time in five years in the last three months. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it so much. It's, yeah, it's pretty good. It's Love pretty it. good. Uh, here's an interesting one. Uh, are gay or straight and feminist? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I can see this. I can see this too. Oh, so the study they got this from is is called Feminism and Romance Go Hand in Hand. I like that. (laughs) I want this as a pamphlet to hand it out to people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. 
With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Pedigree. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The Pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight. And honestly, the answer is yes. And I know you listeners know my love, Peaches Gertrude McFuzzin, whom I've talked about so much, and she really was love at first sight. But I will tell you that it took a long time for me to find her. I actually was looking for a good two years before I stumbled upon her picture from my local shelter and knew the moment I saw her that she was the one. And the minute I tell you when I saw that picture and I went to meet her out the shelter and I sat with her for a good 20 minutes, y'all, I couldn't leave her. I knew she had to be mine. I knew we belonged together. Peaches and I are friends as well. We are, we have a good relationship together. So. You can find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive June 7th to 9th, and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the Adoption Drive and to see full terms and conditions. All right, here's another one that is very interesting. We have talked about this before. If hetero are comprised of a lovely lady and a not-as-lovely man, Mm -hmm. uh, which is sort of what we were talking about with this kind of traditional sitcom couple. Oh, I just find this so interesting. I was watching a movie the other day where this came up, and they made it as if it was like, we should be, the woman is so nice and kind, she can be with this not-as-attractive man. Right. 
which I have a lot of, I actually have a happy hour. I want to talk about this. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about this, but like it's painted as a great trait for her, which it is, you shouldn't really judge people by their looks. But at the same time, it's like, he's not, (laughs) like that was the thing he said about her. The thing he said was, she could see past all of my terrible qualities and looks. I fell in love immediately. (laughs) That's always what they say. I just heard that line. What movie was I watching? And they said that. You see... So the show that I keep telling you about essentially is the Belle, the beauty, is in love with Rumpelstiltskin, the dude that's super ugly. And like he keeps saying, because you can see past the monster. Mm -hmm. And it's that same level. But I do want to read from this, uh, the article. So the study came from the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology. And it says, quote, when husbands view their wives as the more attractive of the pair, not only are they more satisfied in the relationship, but the wives are too. The opposite was not true when husbands thought they were better looking. They weren't as happy. Mm. I feel like that has a lot to do with male fragility. Uh, and we should come back to this and have this conversation because this, it, and again, it may be on the side of social media that I'm on where we see a lot of women just really taking on the part of, I don't need men. I am mm-hmm. who I am and whatever. Uh, and being a single is not a threat. So I don't know why you pretend like it is. Uh, but so many men are so angry when women say they are attractive. They find that offensive, yeah. even though that's what they want. But they they want to be the ones to tell them that. They want this whole like song level of, oh, she doesn't know she's beautiful type mm-hmm. of conversation. It was like, but they do, and they should, <laughs> and they should appreciate themselves as you appreciate them as well. Mm-hmm. Why is that a bad thing to acknowledge that you might be like, you might look good that day? Like, I love yeah. that confidence, and it took me forever to realize that's not a fault. To have friends who are like, oh, I look good today. And I was like, how dare you? Like right. yourself. Yeah. Bragging. No. <laughs> like, appreciating. What? Yes. Yeah. I also think, like, this is a commentary or, or just a piece of our bigger conversation of women's value still being, like, largely in their looks um, and men's value kind of being in more of the economic strength level. So that it's more acceptable to have a more attractive woman with a less attractive man than the other way around when I think it'd be like, oh, he must pity her. Right. As opposed to a man and with a more attractive woman, it's like good for him. He, yeah. he bagged a, a hot lady or whatever. <laughs> like have that sentiment was uh, today phrasing bagged and then you went old school like a hot lady. <laughs> I, I'm not good with the, the phrases today. It's just, <laughs> I've never been cool with <laughs> Me either. I appreciated it. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, another no. one uh, is our best friends, which again, that makes sense to me. Right. But you know, I could never do this. So people that I friended, I couldn't date. I never, mm. I, I, I still to this day, if I am friends with you, you go beyond that and you become a sibling. And I don't know Mm -hmm. if it's not protective barrier and like, I need you to remain safe for me Mm -hmm. or what, but that was never a thing. If you're like, maybe after the fact, yes. After the fact that we started the relationship, we grew and then you become a confidant, person I trust. Absolutely. But I could never be with someone who was a friend first. Yeah. I feel like it's sort of always backfired for me where, and this is... A lot more to do with like my own sexuality and stuff. But I thought we were friends. And then he did not think that. <laughs> um, 
And then yes, I was you had, like, oh. you had those moments. I don't have those moments. I have a few, but I think I shut it down so quickly mm. that it becomes like, oh, okay, yeah, we could never. I, I, <laughs> I have this weird, like, oh, you're my best friend. I would never touch you. Like immediately <laughs> type of conversation. And I don't mean to, but it's just an automatic yeah. response mm-hmm. for me. Uh, speaking of which, they have a lot of friends in common is what's also on the list. And I feel like that's a good and bad thing because what happens if you break up? Exactly. You kind of know, though, like where it's going to yeah. split. Yeah. Like, you've got it in your head, like the divorce of, uh, I, of this. I think I, I made a list. I was like, these are the people you will not see ever again. <laughs> <laughs> if we break up. So you know. <laughs> Just so you are aware. These are my sad, friends. though. I feel like I have, like a lot of times I've had like my group of friends, their group of friends, and we all become friends. But then when we break up, it's over. It's like, no longer. Yeah, we separate. No it more. is sad, but yeah, you know, makes it sense. It happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, spends money in similar ways. I feel like there's a lot of practical uh, applications to that. Although that could also be a detriment if one person likes to spend a lot and the other person is like, yeah, me too. And then you just both run out of money. <laughs> yeah, there, there could be problems for sure. But yeah. it, again, I think there are a lot of a lot of fights do stem from money or financial issues. So that also makes sense to me. Um, That's always been one of those things where I'm like, maybe, because I remember coming in young, seeing good relationships that like, we have different finances. We keep, I was like, I think that's smart. mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that might be smart. Oh, me too. Me too. I was, that was never a question. I was like, no, this is. Like we can have one account (laughs) where we put all of our utilities and all of that, but everything else, my paycheck comes to mine, your paycheck (laughs) goes to yours. And then we put that, our our little bits here, equal Mm -hmm. amounts. I agree. I agree. Oh, well, here's an interesting one. Have sex at least once a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? This one came from 2004, so I feel like it's a little dated. Um, yeah. Especially when we talk about the queer world actually coming out and having a conversation about what their sexuality means to them or it doesn't. And we're acknowledging and recognizing the differences. Maybe it's just my world because you're in my world, but I feel like we've become a lot more open and aware um, and that sex shouldn't be the basis. And then again, the pandemic has taught us quite a bit about whether to do or do without. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the numbers have changed a lot uh, during this pandemic, which could be for stress reasons, could be for tons of stuff, but right, that has been interesting to see. Oh, and I love this last one because I feel like it should be with every relationship and not just couples, but celebrates each other's achievements. And yes, yeah. if you're one to be jealous, then that's a problem. Yeah, for sure. I definitely dated the guy who never, like, every time I'd be like, oh, I got a raise, it'd be like, silence, and then I think I might get a a job promotion. So he never would acknowledge any of my things that I accomplished. That's not cool. No. That's not cool. Still remember it clearly of many years ago. Obviously. Like, I (laughs) think about this with my friends, too. Like, there are moments where I'm super jealous of my other friends, and I'm like, oh, my God, whatever, whatnot. But also celebrating with them because you want them to have the best life. Just because you don't get that doesn't mean that they shouldn't either. Like, it's yeah. such a weird thing. But yeah, but jealousy does occur. I'm like, oh, maybe that was me. Mm-hmm. But congrats. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I have a, a pretty, I didn't used to. I was a pretty jealous kid when I was younger. But now I feel like I've got a healthy, like, I am jealous for you, but happy for you. Like, but I feel both. You. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's always good to to celebrate each other. And if you can't celebrate together, then what the 
freak was the point, you know, of being together. Like, that's what you want, right? I feel like that makes things happy. Um, I will say right now, I'm in the process of possibly buying a house, y'all. Uh, yeah. My partner has been really great in my stressful moments of being like, can we celebrate though? You're about to buy a house. You know, like trying to remind mm-hmm. me this is a good thing, even mm-hmm. though I'm about to have a panic attack every 30 seconds. So, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. I feel like that's what makes a great relationship in general. Not to brag that I have a great relationship, just in general, like knowing mm-hmm. this is like, okay, that's a plus. That's a green yeah. flag. Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Obviously, as we were talking about before, the number of statistics are ever changing. We talked a little bit about how the pandemic has affected couples and many studies can be biased, like I said earlier. So it's always good to keep in mind when comparing your own situations to what we're talking about, because like as we even talked about, like, I don't think this is true for us mm-hmm. for yeah, individually. But that's always important to know that even though we have a generic overarching like conversation about it, it doesn't fit everyone. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> And happiness can look different ways. Happiness yeah. can look different ways. Exactly. And clearly, we had a lot to say about this. And in fact, we have even more to say about it. <laughs> of course. Yes. I feel like this is part four by now. It is part four. We, we're doing a lot of talk, talk about happy. Yes. Being happy. Yes. Well, it's very important. Um, and in part four, we're going to talk about the happiest cities Yay! to be uh, for women. So keep an eye out and ear out for that. Um in the meantime, if you have any thoughts about this, you can email us at stephmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuff I never told you. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. You make us happy, Christina. Yes. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Pedigree. If you've been looking for love at first sight, it is closer than you think. It can be found at your local shelter. So this June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.